Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome to the Security Token Show. It's episode 130, Kyle. Wow. We're here to bring you the latest security token news, the latest offerings, the latest updates on the secondary market, what's trading, what's getting listed very soon, mm. our metaverse update, and this week our main topic, which we're going to be talking about NFT projects and what happens after the SEC comes after them. What are their routes to going you know, forward to compliance? There's all kinds of regulation coming out. So potentially there's going to be some movements in the market and we're going to break down what might happen. But before we dive into anything in the show, we want to thank our sponsor, TruckPal. TruckPal is a SaaS platform that's designed for the complex Chinese freight market and they're doing a profit sharing security token. Using the TruckPal platform, users can actually access a full scope of freight-related services for the shipping industry, as well as they can easily manage the finances, payments, and taxes. They've also designed a wrap token, the DTruckPal token, to provide liquidity for its app users in China. The DTruckPal token is a utility token, and it will actively maintain the user stickiness on the platform, as well as encouraging growth of the TruckPal ecosystem and driving liquidity for the security token. Their team has nine years of experience in R&D and operations in the freight industry, so they've got all that covered, as well as experience in the blockchain space. So they're looking to bring this to the shipping and cargo industry, which certainly in Asia is a huge, huge market. So thank you for TruckPal for sponsoring this week's episode. Absolutely. You make this show possible, everyone. Go check out Truck Pal. And with that, now let's get into the show and give you the top five things that you need to know. And moving into our top five this week, we've got quite a roster of great news. Number one is Samson Mao leaving Blockstream. Now, Samson Mao is a huge player in the Bitcoin space. He's an advisor to INX. He launched the Infinite Fleet security token, which is successfully fundraised through Stalker. And he was the chief strategy officer for Blockstream, one of the largest international mining companies who also successfully has conducted a huge security token offering. So he was early, early Bitcoiner, and he's been super involved, not only in all those projects, but also with El Salvador launching their volcano bonds, which are backed by Bitcoin. And he's actually going to be leaving the uh, Blockstream company to focus specifically on nation state adoption of Bitcoin as a currency, as legal tender, which is a, a quite an evangelist cause. Fascinating to see. I think that Nayib uh, Bukele from the El Salvador government, the president there, actually came out and said that there are two other countries that he's familiar with, that he's assisting, who are looking to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And it looks like Samson is going to be committing a lot of resources and time and helping further that adoption. So we wish you very well, Samson. Good luck with your cause, and thank you for everything you've done for the security token industry. Uh, it's big news. I absolutely have to agree with that. You've done a lot for this industry already, and I'm sure you're not going to stop there. This is a big mission you're undertaking to help actual nations take advantage of Bitcoin. That's enormous. So, congratulations. We interviewed you. Too. Luck. That's right. There's a great interview on the a security token market YouTube channel. You can check out with Kyle and Samson. Get to know them both a little bit more. Moving on to number two, we've got BlackRock, BNY Mellon, and State Street coming together to form a blockchain consortium for alternative investments. Let that sink in, folks. That is huge, huge news as three major banks 
Just recently, we covered our show talking about how Wall Street is betting on tokenization, and now we've got more news that they are, you know, three new major players coming on from Wall Street saying we are betting on blockchain. That's fantastic. The, also, the article also included Blackstone, Carlyle Group, KKR, Morgan Stanley, and UBS. Huge like, oh my gosh, everyone's getting involved. Number three, Bitfinex, everyone's favorite Kazakhstan-based security token exchange. They certainly are huge in the crypto space. Bitfinex has been very active in that space. And now they actually have developed a regulated exchange specifically for security tokens. And they do have a very legitimate issuer with which they're going to be providing liquidity and trading for, which is Blockstream. They're mining note. They've raised over $40 million through a security token offering on Stalker for international investors only. And they have blown it off the, the shelves and now it will be trading on Bitfinex. I'm not sure exactly what day that trading is set to begin, but it seems like they're making moves and that's going to happen very quickly. Yeah, in fact, Kazakhstan is itself actually a huge BTC mining country that most people don't know about. And I think it's a pretty big deal because Bitfinex now has a regulatory license. This isn't just a cryptocurrency exchange that's trading this. We are talking about legal protections that are being uh, given to us under the Kazakhstani yep. law. So that's actually a really big deal, folks. Moving on to number four, also arguably a pretty big deal, Citadel. Now, Citadel is a huge market maker if you haven't heard of it, but you maybe have heard of the guy behind it, Ken Griffin. Uh, he was well known for actually kind of moving more and more into the crypto scene because a little while back, he would call Bitcoin, uh, I believe it called it, um, uh, it was a tulip mania uh, back in 2017 for him. And now most recently, actually, we saw that he actually was the one who took uh, the rivalry against the Constitution now <laughs> and ended up buying the U.S. Constitution. And he is, you know, well known for, you know, his, of course, uh, antics on Wall Street. So now he's actually reversing course and he's saying that Citadel is going to get into market making for cryptocurrencies. Why? Because of demand from Wall Street. Again, proving our point, this is happening. Cryptocurrency adoption, blockchain adoption, now one of the biggest market makers uh, in the entire Wall Street space is saying, let's go crypto. I'm certainly sure that the 1.15 billion dollar investment from Sequoia and Paradigm into Citadel certainly helped change his mind as well. <laughs> and moving into number five, T-Zero's got another asset they're bringing to market. T-Zero has been innovating and leading the way. They just got their prime broker, which was approved. They just announced ICE, which owns the New York Stock Exchange, invested in them. And they're bringing on the chief strategy officer, David Goon from ICE, who's going to be joining T-Zero. And supposedly they mentioned that with the prime broker, they were going to have a better and easier time listing new assets. And it seems like at least the first step towards that is correct with Mira Park, another real estate asset. This comes from Market Space Capital with about $400 million in assets under management. And this is supposedly the first of many assets that's coming to market through T0 from Market Space. That's been their main focus is getting large asset issuers to bring multiple different Assets, we'll see how Mirror Park trades. Gotta love it. The spot will be trading on T0. So we got more of that uh, coming with you later on the show with Megan's STO update. But first, we gotta get into the rest of the industry news with John Pitt. Welcome to the industry news section of the Security Token Show. I'm your host, John Pittman, with a few updates for you. So let's get jiggy with it. To get us started, we have some updates coming out of T0. 
With them officially announcing the change of position for Alan Kovetsky, who made the switch from CEO to Executive Vice President and Chief of Legal and Corporate Affairs. Now, the move isn't a surprise as Kovetsky had been the interim CEO with the most recent announcement of ICE's significant minority investment into T0, which led to the appointing of David Goon as the new CEO. Matt Mosman, who is the chairman of T0's board of directors, stated that Allen did a tremendous job in keeping the company humming during his interim leadership over the past eight months, and that he looks forward to watching him accelerate T0's growth in his new role with the company, together with David and the rest of the T0 team. So, I also have some more updates for you. There seems to be just a little noise coming from the Ripple versus SEC case, according to CoinMarketCap. Apparently, things are now moving at a good pace, and a few important rulings are expected this week. Legal experts believe the rulings of this case will eventually clear the misunderstanding over the nature of certain tokens while it lay a foundation for future regulations. It seems this case could be exposing loopholes in how the SEC tends to conduct investigations. Now, while at the moment, it looks like Ripple may be gaining an edge, in the other corner, you have Gary Gensler stating in an interview with Jon Stewart that the agency has to be willing to go into court and take some losses from time to time. He believes that with high-profile cases, Either a win or a loss helps keep people on the right side of the line. Across another line, the prime meridian that is, we have some regulatory updates from South Africa and Australia. Let's start in South Africa, where they've just released a treasury report with a series of amendments to South Africa's financial laws. One of those amendments is that crypto asset service providers will be considered accountable financial institutions. Now, additional crypto regulations are expected to be finalized probably sometime later this year. So, the proposed changes will ensure that any person providing advice or intermediary service related to crypto assets now must be recognized as a financial service provider under the Act and therefore must comply with the Act's requirements. Now, over in Australia, the Cybersecurity Industry Advisory Committee released its analysis on cryptocurrencies. So, in short, they advise regulators to begin regulating crypto because as of now, there are none in the country. Cybersecurity is cited as the biggest concern with risks such as red pools also being listed. The committee chair, Andre Penn, stated that protecting and educating consumers is good, but it only does part of the job because they still need to ensure that those trading and spending cryptocurrency in Australia are protected by legislation and secure market settings. So to round the segment out, we have Nomura Holdings reorganizes its futures innovation company into a newly established digital company effective April 1st of this year. By establishing this new organization, Nomura aims to drive further business development and global collaboration. By tapping into this, Nomura aims to expand its private markets businesses and broaden its services in focus areas including sustainability and decarbonization. Well, that wraps it up for me, the token advisor, on to Megan with the SEO updates, and I will catch you tokenizers on the other side of the blockchain. Welcome back to STO Updates. We have some exciting news this week. To begin, MarketSpace Capital is a private equity real estate firm headquartered in Houston, Texas. Focused on ground-up developments and value-add investments throughout the U.S., they have over $400 million of assets under management. Their new security, Mira Park, also called The Spot, will commence trading on the T0 ATS on March 7th, 2022. Mira Park is a 250-unit multifamily apartment complex. Equity in the spot at Mira Park represents MarketSpace Capital's first real estate digitization project, with plans to digitize additional investments in the future. They are using DigiShares tokenization services, which are built on the Ethereum blockchain. This will be the first security to commence trading on the T0 ATS following the launch of its self-clearing operations. 
confirming early claims that this launch is key to scaling at a quicker pace and increasing the velocity at which T0 onboards assets. Next, House launches home equity security token called HAUS. A bit about House, they are a technology company providing a more flexible and affordable way to own your home. Rather than lending money like a bank, House invests with its owners in their home equity. Built on the blockchain, the House Equity Solution offers homeowners low fixed monthly payments and immediate access to their equity. House recently announced the launch of Housecoin under ticker HAUS, a completely new financial infrastructure offering an alternative to the debt and interest-driven mortgage-backed security market with this new equity-driven marketplace. Built on the Ethereum blockchain, Housecoin offers a way for investors to directly purchase Housecoin, backed one-to-one by home equity. Investors can reap returns based on the appreciation of those assets. House provides a stable, growing store of value that empowers investors to access returns in target markets. House is laying the groundwork for a new liquid financial marketplace backed by the world's largest asset class. House was created as a security token, strictly following the guidelines of the SEC and filed under 506C. House tokens are initially available for purchase only at housecoin.com by accredited investors who complete the online KYC process. Next up, we have Fusong. Fusong is Asia's first fully licensed and regulated digital financial ecosystem for security tokens and assets. Their unique combination of regulatory licenses, technology, and services allows them to provide an end-to-end platform to issue, tokenize, list, and trade all forms of securities, assets, and cryptocurrencies. Licensed in Hong Kong and Laban, Malaysia, Fusong operates a fully licensed and regulated digital ecosystem. This includes Fusong Exchange, Asia's first regulated stock exchange for security tokens. Fusong Corporation will list its own token on the Digital Securities Exchange operating on Malaysia's Laban Offshore Financial Center. This will be the first public offering of blockchain-based equities in Asia. Fusong plans to sell 2.5 million tokens at 4 US dollars each to raise 10 million US dollars. The security token offering will offer dividends to investors. The blockchain offers an accessible yet secure and regulated ecosystem for tokenization. This will be available to institutional and retail investors that register on Fusong's platform. Investors will be required to complete the KYC and anti-money laundering onboarding procedures. This is directly with the exchange without the involvement of brokers or other intermediary firms. To learn more, head over to fusong.co. So that's this week's best highlights. I'll see you back here next Monday for more updates in this booming space. If you want to send anything my way, work together, or reach out to Security Token Market, be sure to email tips at stomarket.com. Now over to Samuel J. Sachs. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to the market update. And speaking of markets, have you checked out STO Market recently? Trading security tokens have blown past the $3 billion figure and now are trading over $4 billion. In fact, the tape closed at over $4.2 billion last week. Things are trending up. Much of this is in part to continued buying pressure in T0. Remember that wedge I spoke about not too long ago that was forming? Well, it followed technicals beautifully and exploded to the upside and is now trading at nearly 2x what it was before the recent investment by ICE and the new CEO, David Goot. But access to investing in security tokens is not as straightforward as some may think. 
To be perfectly frank, it's been a massive headache, and it's a massive headache still. Setting up your account on T0, for instance, is confusing enough, and the process of getting orders filled is even worse. In fact, I looked to see what it would be like to buy T0 at 8 a.m. last Thursday. Their reported bid was higher than the ask, which is impossible, and no orders were able to get filled. Many may look at this as a weakness in the market, and those skeptics are not necessarily wrong. But I implore them to look at the flip side. T0 has been trading nearly half a million dollars a day the past week on a platform that is average at best. The market cap has grown from $1 billion to over $4 billion in less than six months with this infrastructure. I see these times as the early stages of, say, the phone. We are in the flip phone phase right now. The world is beginning to join the momentum, and this groundbreaking technology is starting to be adopted. But it is early. Very, very early. In short time, we will have the iPhone of exchanges. Smooth, simple, and seamless. Continuing to develop speedy, speedy technology and making it a lot more accessible for everybody. Until that time, companies like Dignity Gold, T-Zero, INX, and Exodus are going to continue to develop offering brand new financial products. And rest assured, security token market will be on top of it all. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll see you next Monday. Wakey, wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vanko. Billie Eilish is joining the Metaverse as her company, Lash Music LLC, has filed a pair of trademark applications for her name and logo, which states she will expand her brand into NFTs, virtual currencies, Web3, and digital collectibles. Giants from every niche are jumping into the metaverse and no one wants to miss out. L'Oreal wants to make a strong presence in the metaverse by providing a metaverse that will allow users to browse, accumulate, purchase, and trade virtual cosmetics. Next up, TikTok owner ByteDance partners with Qualcomm for an extended reality device. Last year, it acquired Pico, a Chinese startup which launched the first standalone VR headset a year before the notorious Oculus Go. Do I smell some competition coming Facebook's way? Or should I say, meta? Lastly, Venley's Meta Ring NFT solves the dilemma for users as it acts as a cross-metaverse pass focused around utility. Is this a huge step? Your gosh darn it is. There is no metaverse without interoperability. And the owners of the Meta Ring can use it across multiple platforms to unlock platform-specific benefits, utilities like premium entry into privileged virtual properties. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Evankel. Thank you to our amazing co-hosts on the show for filling us in on what's happening in the security token industry. I think, Kyle, now we can move into our main topic. Mm. But first, we do have to, of course, give out our companies of the week. This is where Kyle and I each pick a company that we thought was making the biggest moves in the space, and they should get a little spotlight for doing so. So, Kyle, lead us off. Who is your company of the week for episode 130? So my company of the week, 130, it's Blockstream. Blockstream has been killing it. Good choice. They are selling a security token backed by Bitcoin hashing power. So they're essentially leasing out or fractionalizing a share of a Bitcoin miner. You buy a specific amount of mining power, like actual computing power, which over time converts into the Bitcoin that was actually mined with that power. So at any given time, it's kind of a ratio of 
some Bitcoin and some hashing power. And then you have kind of an estimate of what that should mine you throughout the period. So it's almost like a bond, but it's a it's kind of an innovative structure. And then at the end of the term, you just get all of the Bitcoin it gets redeemed for. And then over time, it trades based off the Fair value cool. of the hashing power. They've raised $40 million. And that's also with a $250,000 minimum investment. So this is not necessarily just retail people, probably no retail people coming into this. This is institutional investment into a Bitcoin hashing power security token. Fascinating model, very innovative, and has been very successful for for all of those reasons. Shout out to Dr. Adam Beck and Samson Mao, who is going to be leaving the firm for setting up a fantastic opportunity here for investors. I'm excited to see it lists on Bitfinex coming soon. That's a great choice. Very excited to finally see that asset trading. That's the full life cycle of the hard work that Samson Mao and the Blockstream team have been doing. That's absolutely. definitely absolutely a great choice. And you, Herwig. Well, I got to give it to Mira Park, man. I think that's absolutely awesome. Uh, in fact, well, we could probably give it to Mira Park or Market Space Capital, which mm. is the real estate firm behind it. As you said, $400 million assets under management. This is no small developer or test case project. This is a big deal. As we mentioned earlier, it's called The Spot. And now you can tokenize and now you can own a piece of The Spot. I think that's awesome. But more importantly, it proves that real estate is a future use case. It is a use case that's actually happening right now. We now have another real estate list on T0. It's a huge deal. St. Regis uh, being the, the other one is a very now nice to see that there is a bigger market of options coming to the T0 market as well as to the real estate industry. And for all those reasons, I got to give Mira Park my company of the week. I think that's a great choice. Market Space specifically raised this money on their own from their investment network and then brought it to T0. So T0 is not a broker. They don't do the fundraising for you. They are the listing site for you to bring that asset once you have your own investors. Mira Park was a successful enough deal. Investors wanted in. They were excited about the security token offering. And now a it's listing. Deal. Moving on, Herwig, it's time for our main topic. Should we dive in? Let's do it. Kyle, you launched an NFT collection. It's super red hot. It's actually got an amazing community behind it. People are trading everywhere. You got thousands of token holders, right. each holding your NFTs. And you just got some bad news. The SEC is coming after him. They think the NFT collection that Kyle has issued is, in fact, a security. Uh-oh. Now, we did cover this in episode 126. You can go back and check out why this might be the case. But now we're wondering, what happens, Kyle? What are What's you going to do? Well, we've got four steps. We've got four potential options, at least. We can kind of break them all down, but it pretty much ranges on a spectrum from either accepting defeat or fighting the dragon. And then there's certainly plenty of options in between. And we've got all kinds of examples of, of places that we've seen this happen before. So I think the, the first one, this is relevant because of the BlockFi news. You may have seen BlockFi had a settlement with the SEC a rather for big one. $100 Million dollars oh my God. for doing what they call BIS or, or BlockFi interest accounts or something along those lines where they were offering 8, 9, 10% in an interest bearing high yield account, which the SEC said that looks like a security and you're not a bank, you can't offer that. And so BlockFi pretty much said, we agree. And so take this cash and let's forget about it. Let's not say that we did anything wrong, but we'll pay you a fine and we'll stop doing this moving forward. So they essentially settle without an admission of guilt. This is the most common thing that you see in 
the financial system and with regulators because it's not worth their time to go to court and spend years and years and years fighting it, like we've seen with Ripple, where it can actually backfire and they get nothing at all. So the first option, and I kind of hinted at the second one, but the first option here is just settling without guilt. We've seen BlockFi do it. Even you see small cases, T-Zero did it. It's the most common thing that happens with ICOs that we saw. They all essentially admitted that they didn't do anything wrong, but all were willing to either one, pay a fine, or two, also give all the money back as part of the process. So this is at least a way to avoid guilt and to at least not have any more problems so that you can continue your business, as you said, in the case of BlockFi. But it can be hefty. It can be hefty, but it might be sometimes the best way to go. Or perhaps you want to handle things yourself. Uh, you want to be proactive. In fact, you say, you know what? We're going to do a rescission and we're going to recall all of our tokens. So that's option number two. You're actually going to fall into compliance. And now you're actually going to say, hey, we're going to reissue these tokens and we're going to make them Security tokens, of course, you're going to make them compliant. That's obviously the reason why the SEC is coming after you. We saw this actually happen several times in the security token industry because there were tokens that were trading on non-regulated marketplaces. Therefore, we didn't know who their owners were. And now those companies, those issuers had to go ahead and do a rescission and figure out who are our owners and give them the proper security tokens. We saw this with blockchain capital. We saw this with science and their side one and two tokens, I guess, that are are out there now. And it's an absolutely uh, proper use case. It's absolutely something that you can do that happens in the blockchain world. It's totally doable. It is a bit of a process, Mm -hmm. right? You have to figure out how to return people's money or return people's tokens and then issue them a new one that's proper. But it's absolutely a, a way to go ahead and stay compliant. Check out my interview with Graham Moore from Polymath. We discussed they actually did a rescission. The other way to call this, we use the term reissuance as well, where you're you're essentially, as you said, taking one and you're locking it in. We'll burn that token and we'll give you an equal and identical one that now has the additional compliance or pieces alongside it. Polymath, that I think they went from poly to polyx or something along yep. those lines. Just like what you're mentioning, rescission can happen, might happen for some of these assets. And then there is the fighting angle. So we, we've talked about XRP and, and according to John's section, we may have some news next week coming in on what's going on in that case. It certainly has been quite a saga that we have covered many times here on the show. We called it last year's case of the year and we still don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be three years running at this point. And so Brad Garlinghouse, CEO of Ripple, and his team have been fighting furiously against the SEC, suggesting they are not a security. They have not done any insider trading. They have not done any of these things that would be considered non-compliant. And the SEC is having actually a pretty difficult time tracking them down and actually pinning any charges on them because of the fact that there are international transactions that the SEC does not have jurisdiction over. And certainly, Ripple actually may have just as big, if not a bigger legal budget than the SEC does because of how successful the asset has been over the years. So this is kind of one of those you know high risk, high reward situations for a company like Ripple where either this works out very well for them and they win the case and they're off scot-free, or potentially they end up getting really majorly screwed because they need to be set an example of. There's also the third option, which still can happen, where they settle for a price that makes sense for both sides and they just call it quits from there. So it kind of could end up falling in any direction. We haven't seen any real examples of major litigation of this size that have 
gone through the entire litigation process with a judge or a jury making a ruling. So we don't have a ton of examples there because regulation is still developing. Many would argue that we need somebody like XRP to force this issue into the courts and force them to decide and actually determine the proper nomenclature and the way to handle these assets. So, you know, from some regards, it's a good issue to force whether or not you agree or not with, with XRP. So maybe you can get away with settling and, and getting away with doing a deal with the SEC. Perhaps you do a full-on rescission and now offer a new compliant offering. Or maybe you fight back and actually win and go ahead and continue to operate as is. Now there's one last option to consider that's kind of skirting around all of those, which is simply saying bye-bye to the SEC in general. This means you are no longer going to support U.S. investors, U.S. token holders, U.S. anything of any kind. You're now going to only support international investors. You may jump around jurisdiction to jurisdiction, finding what the right uh, regulations that you're comfortable are, or perhaps no jurisdiction at all, and you continue to operate, again, without having a target on your back by one of the you know largest and most strict financial yeah. regulators in the entire world, the SEC. And so easy to do if you just say, again, no more U.S. investors. We've seen companies do this on a wide variety of nefariousness. Certainly, the Telegram case comes to mind where they just said, screw it, we're going to go international. And they were able to kind of get away with some of the things they're doing. You see FTX offering tokenized stocks, which we, I wouldn't believe are compliant here in the United States. Certainly, Binance tried to do the same thing and had a lot of international issue as well. But FTX, they are firewalling U.S. investors. They've got FTX.us for U.S. investors. They've got FTX.com for international investors. Or you've got platforms like Stoker, which have been super successful on primary fundraisers for security tokens. And they just say, look, to make it easy for us, we only have international investors. We don't include U.S. So there are ways to, look, if it's not worth you know fighting them and if it's not worth navigating through those pieces, we do see some of these international firms just looking to segment there and not dealing with any of this at all. Absolutely. So if you have an NFT collection and the SEC is coming after you, fret not, number one, call an attorney. Definitely have an attorney on the books. We are not uh, lawyers, securities lawyers specifically in this regard. You're definitely going to have good counsel, but you're probably going to end up finding that you're going to go one of these four routes. Perhaps you go ahead and realize the best deal to take is the deal the SEC is giving you right now. Or maybe you just go ahead and be proactively compliant and say, we're going to full-on issue a new uh, token and rescission uh, or reissuance process. Or you're going to fight back like Ripple did and say, you know what, SEC, you're wrong in this case. And we think we're right. We've got the right attorneys. We've got the right legal argument. Let's take this thing to court. Or last but not least, you simply are willing to accept that you're no longer going to deal in the United States. And for many of those of you who are operating NFT collections in the United States and find yourself with issues in the SEC, you're probably still going to have issues going with that route because you still live in the U.S., so you're definitely going to have some kind of, you know, link to it in, in general. But those are probably the fourth options. Maybe you've thought of a fifth one. We'd love to hear it. Reach out to us. Kyle and I are available on Twitter, LinkedIn. We're active everywhere. We've got a very uh, large growing community on Discord now. So check out the Security Token Market Discord. And of course, check out securitytokenmarket.com, stomarket.com for all the latest news, 
all the latest trading information, and of course, submit your own news that we want to get uh, after as well. Like, comment, share, subscribe, stay up to date with everything we've got going on. You know there's plenty of content. We've got all kinds of new shows coming out. Have you checked out Spilling the NFT? Have you checked out Open Tab with John Pittman or potentially some of the new shows you don't want to miss? So there's a rumor that there could be a trailer dropping next week. So. Ooh. Check it out. You better believe it. Only the best. Come from Scary Token Market. Thanks again for watching. Happy tokenizing.